welcome to the Tales of Teaching podcast, a place where I hope you can find inspiration, creativity, and most importantly, someone to relate to. Teaching can be tough, as I'm sure you know, so I'm hoping this can be a space where we can motivate one another to take teaching to a whole new level. Welcome back to the Tales of Teaching podcast. Um, First of all, I want to give a huge, huge thank you to those that have been so supportive of this. Um, You guys are honestly the absolute best. Every time um, you mention me in your stories or you send me a tweet or a direct message, it honestly makes my day to know that I'm helping you, inspiring you, giving you something to listen to in your long drives. Um, uh, Thanks. It really means a lot to me. Um, So with that... Um, Welcome to episode four. Uh, Today, I thought it'd be fun to kind of touch on one of my favorite things that I do in my classroom that I actually got from um, Ron Clark Academy, um, a mixture of Ron Clark Academy and Miss Fifth, because to be quite honest, she was the first teacher that I saw using it in in the classroom um, in such a amazing way. And so a lot of her a lot of my ideas kind of stem from those two. And so if you have any questions, those are, or if you have any questions about more information, those are two really good um, areas to look at. Okay, so let's get started and dive right in. Houses and using the house system in your classroom. I'm sure many of you guys have seen it on Instagram and you're thinking like, that sounds like an incredible amount of work. And I'm saying that to you because I too <laughs> also felt that. Um, it looked like a lot to manage. It looked like it was, I was stuff that I was going to forget. And to be honest, to me, I wasn't sure how my students in my classroom would kind of take it. And so I created um, one, two, three, four, originally four houses the first year that I did this. And now this, this is going to be my third year using houses in my classroom. Um, so the first year I did it, I did four houses. The following year, yes, last year I did five houses, and then this year I'm adding a sixth house, and I'm probably going to stop there because to me that seems like the perfect amount of kids to put in each group. Um, Mind you, I have 33 students, you guys, so that means I'm not going to have as many kids in each group because I feel like having four in a classroom of 33, that means there was seven to eight students in each group, and that seemed seemed like a lot. So adding the five, again, five was pretty great, but I feel like six is going to kind of be better. I feel like that's going to be the perfect amount of students um, per per group. And so I think that's going to be kind of be the sweet spot. Um, So first of all, I'm going to go ahead and start with kind of creating the system to kind of work in my classroom. So I got this idea, like I told you kind of the beginning, um, from Miss Fifth. She made these incredibly cute little like shields you can um buy off of her teachers pay teachers which I highly recommend because that's where I got mine and I love them um and I kind of used her idea of taking characteristics that um you want your students to have and kind of translating it into like latin So obviously they sound more better than saying you're in the grit house. You're in the kindness house because my fifth graders are going to be like, oh, lovely. I'm in the kindness house Um, (laughs) because trust me, 
fifth graders are sassy, y'all. Um, and to me, it sounded like they loved the idea. Um, like uh, the houses that I ended up coming up, up with were Quantum for Respect, Genus for Kindness, Deucius for Leadership, Veribus for Strength, Glaria for glit, Grit, oh, sorry, um, and then Integritus for Integrity. And um, I actually go through on the very first day of school and I talk about each of the houses and kind of what what the characteristics are of the students that are in them. And I kind of got that idea from Harry Potter, because if you guys read Harry Potter, um, when it goes through all of the houses, there's a little song and it talks about how, oh, a Slytherin is sly and a Gryffindor is brave. And so I kind of wanted to instill, instead of it just having a name like, oh, you're Janice, you're kind, you mean kindness, um, kind of showing how kindness should be shown. And I go through about quantum and respect and having respect and what that means and then going about grit and what it means to have grit. And I found that helps the students kind of connect with each of the houses a little bit better. And they become like obsessed with following their characteristic. And then I I kind of even touch on before I even sort the kids that um, no matter what house that you're in, you're expected to have all of the characteristics because that is what makes um, a great student in Mrs. Harwick's class. And so I really kind of try, try to alliterate that. Um, and we, we talk about each of those, um, all the time. Okay. And so I really, I really talk about these, these houses. I kind of make it really fun. And in fact, on Amazon, just this past year, you guys, I would not recommend buying all these things your very first year. Um, I would recommend starting it and see how it works first and then kind of buying some things to kind of make it more fun. But I bought these like different colored pom-poms off of Amazon and like little tiny foam fingers and like ways to like make it fun once the kids got sorted so that they could be sorted. Once they were sorted in their house, they would kind of go to the table and like cheer on those that were being um, put onto their team, so to, so to speak. Um, and I just I wanted to make it more fun. Uh, and so I kind of really amp this up. Um, and before they get sorted, I kind of talk about ways to earn points and ways to get points taken away. And I talk about how each student is in charge of making it or kind of breaking it for your team. Like if you lose a point, it's not really just losing a point for you because and this is a sidebar, I used Class Dojo, which I love Class Dojo, um, but to me, it seemed like every year there was always like maybe a handful of students that kind of really didn't care when they got a point taken away. They'd be like, huh, all right, cool. I always have the lowest points in the class anyways. Um, And to me, this was that piece, I feel like that was going to make that not so common. Um, Because let's be real, when they lose a point for their team, a, they might feel a little bad that they're losing something for the team, but they're kind of almost going to get that peer pressure from those on your team. Like, thanks, dude, we were in the lead. And now, you know, um, and I think it makes them want to maybe work at it a little bit harder, um, especially when we kind of do our house games and stuff, which I'll get into that in a minute. So I kind of break down each of, so I, I, I like to use Ron Clark's Essential 55 in my classroom, obviously, I changed it and adapted a little bit. So it's Mrs. Harwick's Essential 22 um, because I combined some of his things into kind of one category. And so this year I'm kind of having the way that students can get points again are kind of through modeling those. And so 
I go through this list and I talk about, okay, these are ways that you can earn points for your class. So demonstrating leadership and then I'll, okay, anyone raise your hand. What do you think demonstrating leadership is? And so we talk about it, talk about examples. um, And I do this for each of the things. So I get it. I give points for leadership, showing kindness, perseverance, above and beyond thinking, above and beyond listening, academic achievement, superior speaking skills, manners, getting a compliment from teacher or staff, and then demonstrating respect. Okay, so I walk through each and every single one of those. I don't just say, okay, this is what you earn points for. Now no, see what you lose points for. We talk about all of these skills for like a good 20 minutes. Um, and then, of course, I always say, okay, now with earning points, you also get points taken away. For most of them are the opposite. So demonstrating disrespect, being disruptive, late or missing work, not listening or tracking the speaker, being off task um, and being unprepared. And I had to add this one after a couple years ago, but using the bathroom either right after a break or when I'm in the middle of speaking, Technically, you're not allowed to tell a student, no, they can't go to the bathroom. But to me, I kind of use this as a way to monitor kind of who was abusing the bathroom, if that makes sense. Um, Also, I don't mind, and I tell them all the time, in college... You don't, you're paying for school, so you don't really want to miss things that your teacher is saying. So you kind of really need to go to the bathroom when she's not lecturing or when you feel that you can miss a moment. Um, And so I kind of train them on that way. Like you want to use the bathroom when you're not going to miss something important. And so if they have to go while I'm speaking or literally right after we came back from recess, they lose a point for that. Cause I'm like, you weren't using your time. Wow. You should have went to the bathroom when you were at recess. Um, I don't know why that's one of my biggest pet peeves. And so I kind of try to nip that in the bud right away. Um, so that's kind of what they earn points for and, and lose points for. And we talk, we had a, we have a huge discussion about this, um, on the first day of school. And I actually track all of these on class dojo. And so, Again, it's easy to for me to give points and take points away on the on the dojo, and I can select what thing they got the the minus point or the positive point for. Um, and again, it's just a kind of a way for me to track. Um, before I tried the whole just giving points and keeping it on the whiteboard, and I felt like I was constantly kind of forgetting, and it just seemed like a lot. Whereas the dojo, um, I would just update the points at the end of the days. Um, and honestly, yeah, towards the middle of the year last year, I even gave it as a student job. It was his job to add it up all the points um, and add them up onto the board. <laughs> and so that's kind of what worked. And so I obviously on Class Dojo, it gives you like the little monster as their avatar. And so when and after they're sorted, I actually go through and I change their Instead of a monster avatar, it's then changed to the crest of the house that they were um, put into. After I've done that, after all the kids were sorted, which I'll get into how I sort in a minute, after they've all been sorted, I then go through, and I don't know if you guys know this, but on Class Dojo, you can actually create groups. And so what I'll do is I'll group all the kids that are in the same house together. I'll obviously name it that house. And it makes it easy if I need to give, say, all the kids in Quantum earn two points for this or, you know, and then it's an easy way to add up because I'll just go to groups, I'll tap on Quantum, and then you can just add up the five students that are in there. And it's not like you're sitting there searching through Dojo trying to add up the points. They're all grouped together and you can just add them up within a minute. And that's a super easy, quick way to do it. And it 
feels like I'm not uh, cheating the students in any way by having it on the board. That way I can show them like, look, if you add them up, that's why you guys, um, that's why you guys are behind two points because of this. And it looks like Johnny last, you know, and kids trust me are all about it being fair. And so this to me was the easiest way to kind of track it. Um, and that's kind of how I do it. So now I'm going to get into the fun part. And that is sorting. So what I do kind of a cup the night before, because we don't get our lovely little lists until <laughs> the day before, um, is I have all the kids in alphabetical order. And what I'll do is I um, put the put all their names in like a random generator and I have it generate them into five groups just randomly. Um, and I take that and that's how I sort them into the different, the five, or yeah, five, now six different houses. Um, I then have a slide um, that kind of, it's, uh, it'll say like, your future lies in the house of, and there's like kind of a pause, and then it'll say like quantum, um, and I'll talk about how I made this in a minute. And then, so what I do is I make a slide for each of the six houses, and then I basically just copy and paste in the order of my students alphabetically, if that makes sense, after I had randomly generalized them. So if Hannah A and Hannah B, um, Hannah A was put into quantum and Hannah B was put into um, Glaria, then for the order of my slides, it would go quantum, then Glaria, then whoever the next kid was. And that's kind of how I do it. Um, and to create the voice, you guys, I actually typed, I looked up a text to speech voices and I looked up a British one and I just recorded that on my phone and embed that into the slides because Google slides now allows you to put audio on there, which is super great. Um, and so that's kind of how I did that. <clears throat> and so I felt like it made it seem more exciting. Um, the kids come up. Okay. I'll say, okay, can so-and-so come up to the, come up to the front? And so they come up, they sit in the chair, I play the slide and then they all go sit with where their house would sit. And it's just kind of a fun way, um, to do that. Uh, so with that, I then kind of talk about what the prizes are going to be for my students. Now, the way that I do my prizes as I have a monthly winner, I have a trimesterly winner, and I have a end of the year winner. And to me, it kind of, that seemed like a way to kind of spice up the different prizes um, and kind of make things fun. So monthly, I actually made a wheel I bought off of Amazon um, and each of the different sections were all these different prizes that they could win. So the monthly winner gets the opportunity to spin the wheel. And so that's kind of their prize. For being a trimester winner, depending on what month it is, they either get like a little ice cream party or a hot chocolate party. Um, and then for the end of the year, I usually do a little pizza party. And it's just something fun um, for them to kind of look forward to and earn points for. And then through sprinkled kind of throughout the months, <clears throat> it's difficult for me to do this every Friday, but... One thing that I definitely have stuck to doing is at least once a month, we do what's called a house games. Um, and these range in all sorts of things. Sometimes it's a STEM challenge. Sometimes they have to make up a chant for their house. Sometimes it's a science competition review game. Um, and so basically every time we do a review game, it makes it the kids have a little bit of an input now because now I'm saying, okay, guys, we're going to play this science game. 
it's going to be for house points. And so they get super excited because now they're bought in because now they're earning points for their house. And so it's just kind of made a way for all my kids to kind of be bought in whenever we do review games or whenever we're doing things that I want to make sure they're really paying attention to. Um, and I cannot tell you how excited they get every time I just, all you have to do is I say it's a house game and they're excited, but little did they know it's like review for state testing. (laughs) Um, and so that was kind of a way to kind of change the game a little bit and kind of have a little bit more fun when we're practicing skills or reviewing things. Um, my students love to do escape rooms. So a lot of the times I'll put them in their different houses for the different escape rooms and, um, give them points based off of that. And so those are just kind of fun ways that you can do, I guess, that kind of stuff. Okay. So now I'm going to kind of answer, I guess, some commonly asked questions a lot of of people get um, when doing the houses. So the first one is that I always get is, do you have the students sit together? Um, My answer is no, I don't have them sit with their houses. They literally just sit wherever I would assign them to. I don't want them to be tied down to only sitting at one table group. And I feel like they need to mingle with the rest of the class. Um, I mean, it's great. They want, they possibly want their house to get really close, but I spread them out. So that kind of answers that question. Second question that I always get is, are these students placed in the same house the whole year? Answer is yes. Um, And I like to do this because most of the time my students, they get so close. I'm not even kidding you. The end of the year this past year, all my students were still doing the same chance that they created on the first day of school. They were... um, They used to have like little things that they would do with one another at lunch with their group. And so my kids became really close with their house group. And so it just really, it gets them, kids that maybe wouldn't normally hang out, kind of forces them to kind of do a lot of things together. Um, Of course, I have some kids that will bump heads every now and then. um, But I tell the kids, you know, you're going to have people in life that you kind of bump heads with. And so we kind of, I teach them the ways to problem solve and work it out um, in that sense. And so I feel like it teaches them a lot, a a life lesson to kind of keep them in the same groups the whole year, because you sometimes you can't choose the situations that you're put into, who you work with, um, who you're put in a class with. And so it kind of teaches them how to work with others. And so I love keeping them in the, this, the same house groups the whole year. I think it really teaches them a lot. Okay, so another question that I always get is kind of how I decide on the prizes to give the kids. So my very first year <laughs> using it, I really tried to kind of go above and beyond with like giving prizes. And then I kind of almost found that I was felt like I was spending a lot of money. Um, I tried to do like a weekly winner and like all these crazy things. and was trying to offer these great prizes. And then like I was like, yikes, this is like kind of starting to be expensive. So you want to make sure you're choosing an expense that kind of really doesn't um, give you all that. So for example, on my prize will you guys, the prizes I have are all pretty much free for the most part, like extra chrome time. Um, you get to bring your slippers in for a week. Um, you have a sit with a friend pass. Um, what else do I have? Oh, uh, this is one of my students' favorites is when they get to not, it's what do I call it? I call it a, um, oh, I call it a phone a friend pass. And that's where they get to ask me or a friend for help on one, just one of the test questions on a, on a test. And so 
they're just little simple coupons, I guess you could call them, um, that really don't cost me anything. And they just love all of them. And so that those are the types of prizes that you like to get. The ones that the kids get invested in, but are not costing you money at the same time. Um, okay, so now I'm going to get to kind of how I display, I guess, the points. So I just printed off each of those six little crests that I made off of, again, Mrs. Fifth's or Miss Fifth's great little crest, and I just printed them off, laminated them, um, and I actually stapled them on one of the boards at the front of our room. I have a little tiny board that I love to kind of put their house crests. I take a picture of their whole group um, together. So each house, I'll take a picture of um, the date actually that they get sorted, and I print them out, and I put them in the six little frames that I had um, nailed or pinned, I guess, to my white or my ugh, that I had pinned to that board. Um, on that board, I actually, I actually have all the displayed um, essential rules and expectations that I want the kids to follow. And then I have a little um, like piece of paper that I like laminated for each house um, that I'll just do the dry erase marker on. And that's kind of where I keep track. And to be quite honest, like I said kind of earlier, I have that as one of the kids' class jobs. And it's usually somebody, like when I do my criteria, I say it's somebody that's good at math, that doesn't mind um, adding up things, and that's someone that's going to be trustworthy. I don't want one of the sneaky kids kind of doing it because I don't want them to kind of cheat and throw points in. And I want the kids to feel that they can trust them with their points. And occasionally I like to kind of just double check when I think, hmm, not sure if that um, adds up right. And Usually it's always a mistake, not something they ever did on purpose, but I usually choose somebody that I know is trustworthy, that's good at math, that's going to help me um, make sure that those points are kept up to date. And so I feel like by having them kind of up at the room, um, that kind of helps. And again, by doing the house games, sometimes I feel like it lets other houses catch up that might be behind. Um Maybe there is just one group that doesn't really like to participate as much, but they're really good in house games. It's kind of a way for them to kind of show their strength. And so I feel like each of the things that we do, I always like to kind of rotate things that they get house points um, for or to make up for somebody that maybe they have someone in their group that really doesn't help them earn as many points. Um, and if that's the case too, I usually um, will kind of take them aside and we'll have a little chit chat. Um, so that's kind of how I handle that and display points. Um, last little thing that I like to make sure to do is I like to make sure the kids elect their own house leader per group. And I like to do this because if, if houses are having concerns, um, or if I ever need to talk about something instead of me talking to the whole class, um, I'm just talking kind of to their house rep. And I like to do a little fun lunch with my house, um, leaders each month and we'll kind of discuss different things that they want to see. We'll talk about, for example, what are some house games that you want to see? Um, we'll talk about ways that we could improve um, engagement. And we just kind of talk about ways to kind of amp things up. Um, and it's really fun. The kids really like it. And it kind of gives them a chance again to kind of act as like a leadership role. They're kind of almost like our um, classroom council member in a way and so it's just kind of fun to kind of talk things out with just them um, and kind of see their their leadership grow a little bit I guess you could say and usually when we do this um it's they I don't know why the kids love eating lunch in 
the classroom. Um, and so I'll, we usually do this at lunchtime. I'll help the kids bring in their lunch and I'll have some type of treat for them to kind of give them, um, to, you know, say thank you for kind of doing what you're doing. And, um, they love it. In fact, they get mad at me when I've ever had to cancel one and I always will make it up, but there's been a couple of times where things obviously as your teacher, you guys probably all know, sometimes things pop up and they get so, um, disheartened when it's, when it's canceled. Um, and it's really fun because each, t- each meeting I'll say, okay, guys, I want you to talk to your teams and I want you to have this in mind when you come to our meeting. And so I always kind of give them something, um, to think of with their group and bring it to me, which is just so fun. Um, another little thing that I kind of forgot that kind of really amps up things. If I guess you don't have the money, um, to buy like pom-poms and like all that kind of stuff for house games is I always tell the students to dress in their house color, um, to kind of add that seriousness and to add that takeaway and that take in. Um, and they, they love it. In fact, some years I've actually made house t-shirts for my, my kids and they loved it. Like one of my little girls, she just told me that uh, just last year when she's helping out my classroom, cause she's in middle school now that she still has a shirt and she still wears it to bed. And so it's just something fun. And I know that does take money out, but, um, it just makes all the world to them and they just love having that connection. So that's one thing I definitely want to try and do again next year is to try and find some way to do the shirts again because that was one we like I feel like really brought our class um together and it's something really fun and I just you guys they were nothing special all I did was um get iron-ons of their house crests and I just put a crest on the back and that's that and they were just plain old white probably fruit of the loom tees nothing crazy um and just kind of doing that little stuff for them um they just love Okay, this next question says, do you use the house system school-wide or just in your class? I personally just use it in my class, but I have seen school-wide ones that look absolutely amazing. If you follow um, our elementary days, and D- days is spelled D-A-Z-E, um, both of those girls, they use their school-wide. And so if you're curious as to how they implemented that or how they started that, I would contact them and just kind of ask. Um, every time I see stuff about the house system on their pages, I just like get so excited because I think it'd be something so great to bring school wide. But I, again, I think would take some work um, on my end. Right now, I'm just trying to kind of get my teammates on board, <clears throat> which to kind of make it more exciting, I guess. Okay, and kind of taglining this next question that kind of had to do with the, the past question. Somebody had asked, um, do you feel as it would have the same impact if the rest of your grade level didn't join in? Um, I actually started it just me, but the rest of my grade level didn't um, join in. And I kind of just now got one of my other ones to kind of start house systems in her um, in her classroom. So again, no, I don't think it really matters if just you're doing it, your grade level's doing it, the whole school is doing it. I think no matter what, it's going to have an impact. Okay, next question says, three biggest things you need to do to start this system. Um I guess I would say have something to be able to track the points um, in a way that I guess works for you. Um, I would suggest really laying out to the kids how to achieve earning points and losing points. Like I would make it known just so they know and like model it um, so that and then maybe having some type of house crest just so they have kind of something to latch on to. Like my kids were like 
drawing their crests and like <laughs> taping them like on their desk and like basically almost having badges. Um, I had one that would make, he made like little pins to put on, um, which that's really fun. Oh, this, sorry, this is a huge sidebar, but I just remembered on the first day of school, um, after I had all the kids sorted, I actually made them like little keychains with their house crest on it. And then on the back, it said something about like in room 29, we're all family or something like that. Um, and those keychains you guys I just bought from Hobby Lobby, it came in a pack of like 20 for like super cheap. And I just printed out, um, little circles and then just kind of inputted them in there. And it was like very, um, cost efficient. And I think had a huge impact. My kids loved them. They all put them on their backpacks. Like on the first day of school, they wore them with pride. In fact, one of my kids, his broke one day and he like was really upset about it. So I had to make him another one. Um, and it was just kind of a way I feel like to kind of unite our class, which is something I always try to do. And I try to hit the ground running on the very first day of school. This next question says, do you have the same kids all day? My students seen their teacher for math slash science. Um, yes, I do see all my um, same kids the same day, but I feel like no matter what, if you had your kids see another teacher for math and science, you could still do the house system. In fact, maybe even tell the teacher, or I would almost like share dojo. Cause if you guys have dojo, um, you can share co-teachers and I would have almost share it with that teacher and see if she'd be willing to, um, give our takeaway points to those students. And that way she's not having to keep track of the points, but she's still able to maybe take and or give away points. So that's kind of a suggestion for you. Um, I have another person that asked me, um, about them rotating, uh, so it's kind of the same thing, but they rotate students, which my fourth grade team does the same thing. Um, what I would suggest for that is sort every single group of your students into those house systems um, and then just kind of tell them that you guys are all um, going they're all working with other periods, so to speak, to earn the house points. Like it's not just them, which is kind of which could be kind of fun, too, because um, then it's kind of on a larger, grandest scale. And so that's kind of a creative way, I guess, you could do to make kind of that work. Okay, next question says, can the system be used in lower elementary? I think 100% yes. Um, you may or may not maybe want to put the house names maybe as something different, like that they maybe could uh, say or spell a little bit easier. Um, but I just think it could work in literally any grade level and obviously you'd have to maybe just change some of the speak like okay instead of um like just showing kindness and that kind of stuff it's almost basically like using dojo but like on a higher scale now they're kind of working as a team and for the little guys you can kind of share with them like working as a team and this is what this is like and kind of teaching them those um like little collaboration skills and I think you could easily adapt it um to your little kiddos, I just think you might have to maybe take away. I have so many ways to earn points. And so maybe you might want to kind of get rid of some of those and make it obviously what works for you. And so I think, again, you could easily use this for any grade level. <laughs> so I have a lot of this question, but it keeps asking, how do you maintain this throughout the whole year? How do you manage tracking points? Um, so maintaining it is actually, to me, it used to always like stress me out thinking about it whenever I would see other teachers doing it. I'm like, oh, that just looks like so much work. Um, but again, if you put like a student, if you, if you have your students help you, especially if you're upper grade, you can use it as um, different 
jobs. It's actually really easy. The kids get really invested in it. And so they kind of, it's almost like a system that manages itself, if that makes sense. Um, and you kind of really don't know until you try. Um, I mean, two years ago was my first year trying and I kind of told myself, well, I'm going to try it. And if it doesn't work, I'll just revert back to something different, which is so great. And you know, there's no harm in starting something new a couple months later. You know, I, I change my classroom management styles all the time um, just to kind of keep it fresh and keep it keep it going. Um, but this is one constant thing that I've kind of always I've always had. Um, and so I feel like maintaining it throughout the whole school year, you guys, is so easy. And it kind of doesn't feel like a burden to me because it's exciting. The kids love it. And again, if you can divvy out some jobs, it'll make it so much better. Okay. This is a good one. Um, do behavior problems come up often? Um, slash how do you handle that? So they really don't come up that often, but of course I'm teaching fifth grade. There's going to be maybe some drama or some things that don't, aren't really working. And so once, when that kind of starts to happen, what I'll do is I'll kind of keep that group in maybe recess or lunch, they'll maybe they'll bring their lunch in. And I like to talk with their group, just kind of the group and me. And we kind of talk about together, like, what are some problems we're having? Okay, how can we problem solve that? Um, I've only had to change somebody out, out of the group once. And this is my fourth year doing it. Um, and that's just because there was just all sorts of personalities that were deflecting. And just to make it easier, I kind of switched two kids and it ended up working better in the long run. Um, but I really try hard not to switch kids out. I, we work as a group, we talk, um, we problem solve, we kind of do that first, um, to the best that we can. Um, and then kind of as a last case scenario, then I kind of, um, if you need to, you change them, but don't have that be the very first um, solution because then kids think they can just change groups. And I tell them, eh, once you're in, you're in. <laughs> um, but again, they don't really don't hop, pop up that often. I had one situation last year, just one. And then we talked about it and it was fine. Um, previous years, same thing. One minor little issue. We talked about it as a group, problem solved, then we were good. So I think just kind of sharing with the kids, like when you have a problem, come to me and as a team together, we will solve it out. And I think that always helps. And you're teaching them skills of problem solving and getting along with people um, even when you don't like them. And so I think it's a good skill for them to have. Okay. And then it's, I'll have this one be the very last question, but someone asked, what do weekly meetings look like? Um, so I do have meetings once a week with all of my class. I think it's good um, community buildings to do such a thing every Friday. Um, and depending on our schedule, because our PE and our music kind of goes all over the place year to year. So I kind of find a pocket of time um, that we can spend 20, 20 minutes is what I kind of try to do the cutoff. If it's a really good meeting, I'll let it kind of linger on for 30. Um, but I have the kids come up with um, questions, concerns, kudos, and, um, and suggestions. And what I do is I have the four categories on my smart board and then I give each of the kids a sticky note and I tell them they have to fill out one. Um, and if they're obviously, if you can't think of one, then that's fine. I don't want to like force a silly idea out of them. And before we do this, I kind of explain, like, I don't want silly suggestions. I want like rational suggestions that we could actually do like a fun theme for a lesson or a cool game for house games like that. Those kinds of suggestions is what I kind of underlay. Um, and then for concerns, 
Like, are there things in our house that are in our house? Wow. Well, I love to think of it as our house. Um, are there things in our classroom that are concerning to you? Um, uh, and then I love the kudos one, which you definitely have to talk about that with the kids. It can't be, thank you so-and-so for letting me borrow your pencil. I always explain it has to be meaningful. Um, like, it's something that they deserve a thank you for. And so we'll do the kudos and then um, the questions, which the questions are just kind of fun. Like they like to sometimes ask me questions about my day-to-day life. Sometimes I like to ask questions about upcoming things. And I feel like it's a good way for the class to kind of, the class to kind of feel like they have a voice. And I'm telling you, if you can incorporate a weekly meeting such as that, um, they, you'll probably, your behavior problems, I promise you will the percentage of it will be so much lower because the kids feel like they have a voice. Um, they feel like they're actually heard, especially with the concerns and the questions and the suggestions. And when you actually start taking them and using them, the kids come up with such great ideas. And so I'm not even kidding you guys. A lot of the ideas that I do in my classroom are actually like the things that kids thought of. Um, another thing I do for suggestions are call and responses. Um, kids will be invested in a call and response if they were the ones that came up with it. Um, and so we kind of do that. And then as a class, we talk about the I agree and I disagree symbols. So when it's an idea that we feel like we want to incorporate in our class, we'll, I'll kind of take a vote and have the kids show me if they agree with it or disagree with it, um, just to kind of quickly move through all of the um, things. And so that's kind of how we do our weekly meetings. Occasionally, I'll do a team builder before. Like I'll have um, each of them meet in their houses for like five minutes and I'll say, okay, this is the little challenge or the activity you're going to do today. Today, you're going to create your um, house motto. And so it's just something quick like that or you're now you're going to come up with a house chant um you're going to come up with the house dance and so they I give them like I said like five minutes and it's something easy to kind of team build and then we'll do the whole class meeting um so that's kind of how I run my weekly meetings um hopefully it's hopefully it answered your question um so that is it for this week's episode I'm so excited that you guys sent in so many questions and I didn't answer a lot of these head on because I feel like I answered them um in the beginning of like kind of how I sort them how we run house games and like that kind of stuff um so if you have any other questions you guys please feel free to email me at hello mrs harwick at gmail.com you can also send me a message on my instagram um or you fill out the contact sheet on my blog at hello mrs harwick.com um it as always you guys it's been a pleasure sharing with you guys some wonderful ideas and collaborating and working together and I'm just so excited. And again, I cannot thank each and every single one of you guys enough. So I hope you have a fantastic Tuesday if you're listening to this on a Tuesday. Um, If not, just have a fantastic day in general. But again, that's all I have for you guys today. So I guess this is it till next time. Yes, don't forget to check out the show notes for any of the links that I discussed in today's episode. If you enjoyed today so far, please share it with a friend um, because the more, the merrier. Thanks for tuning in and I can't wait to see you guys next time.